Well, good morning. It's good to see you guys here today, whether here in Maryville with me or in Knoxville. Glad you guys are connecting. We're one church in two locations. Today, we're closing out a series called That'll Leave a Mark. If you've got a Bible, let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Um, we've been talking about the reality that we've all been through hurt. We've been through pain at some point in our life. And those painful uh, seasons have a way of leaving marks on our life. Uh, emotional marks, sometimes physical marks. And there's a lot of pain and, and uh, regret. And, and uh, the, the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about, you know, how those events make us angry. And uh, we've been talking about resentment. Um, and so if, if we're not careful, those events in our life will end up breaking us. And so the, the, the theme behind this series is that the marks will either make you or break you. And so we want these marks that we have gone through, or maybe you're going through it right now. You're in that crisis season and suffering season right now. We want that to allow us to get better. You know, that's the good news, right? The good news for all of us is that we get to decide. We get to decide every day if the pain from yesterday or the hurt of today will impact how we relate to other people and how we're going to step into our calling or, or reject the calling that God has for us. And, and so in this series, I've been hoping and praying that it would make us stronger, that it would make our faith stronger, make us wiser, make us more hopeful and make us healthier people. And, and so today I want to close this series by talking about anxiety. Um, I, I think we all deal with anxiety uh, on one level or another. And, and, and some people deal with anxiety more so than, than other people. And sometimes we, we all just kind of face it and, 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 and deal with it in different ways. But I think uh, oftentimes we hear messages from um, wherever you're reading online or maybe even people tell you this, but you know, you get this idea or sense that, uh, okay, well, if you're anxious, if you're worrying about something, Jesus says not to worry about it. So you just have to get over it. You just have to stop worrying. And, and uh, if you don't, then you're, you're a sinner and, 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 and worry is a sin. And so just stop it. And it's like, I, I don't really know what to do with that. Like I, I, it, it's, it's almost impossible just to kind of get over it, right? It's just like, I can't just stop it. And, and so I don't think that's helpful advice at all. I do think the scripture gives us uh, the direction that we need today. And so uh, when we think about anxiety, when we think about worry, we want to think about it in terms of what type it is, because there are actually at least four types of anxiety that you might face today or, or have faced uh, in the past. And so I want to start by kind of uh, looking at each one of them. And the first one is an anxiety because of danger. Now, an anxiety because of danger is not a sinful anxiety. This is actually a God-given emotion. God gives us uh, the, the emotion of fear and anxiety in a crisis, in a dangerous situation. Um, not long ago, my wife were in uh, Townsend. We were staying at this uh, cabin. We walked outside on the front porch. And as soon as we did, we saw this huge mama bear with her two little cubs. <laughs> my wife screamed, knocked me over and ran inside. And so that is a very God-given, real emotion of, of, of fear and anxiety uh, to protect us, right? Anxiety is the warning system of potential danger and, and fear and anxiety work to protect us. And so this type certainly isn't sinful. The second type is what we might call clinical anxiety. And so this is the type of anxiety that's more of a physiological issue, 
And so something uh, that arises within you that is actually debilitating and, and it's, it's not just you're worried about something here and there, but you're actually worried about something so much so that it interferes with your daily life. And so well, it interrupts your sleeping habits. It interrupts how you uh, work at, at work and uh, actually can really is a medical condition that that might lead to panic attacks or uh, some type of uh, anxiety disorder. And so I would say that this type of anxiety isn't a sinful anxiety. This is something physiological that's going on that, that, that we need help with. And, and, and that's just something that uh, you will have to get counseling for and need to get counsel for and, and walk with people and pray with people through that. The, the third type uh, might be an anxiety because of sin. And so if you are cheating on your spouse, there's going to be a certain level of anxiety that you carry uh, because you're going to be worried that it's all going to fall apart. Right. And so that's an anxiety because of sin. Um, if if you are gambling away your money and and uh, you find it hard to pay your bills because you're you're, you're gambling it away, there's going to be anxiety in your life because of that sin. Now, we would say this type of anxiety is sinful because it's because of sin that you're anxious. The fourth type would be anxiety because we don't trust God, right? And this is just simply not trusting God to take care of you. This is just simply not having faith in a God that's gonna take care of whatever situation uh, we face. And, and, and so this is a result of weak faith or no faith. And maybe there's, there's doubting. And, and so uh, we would say that that's, that's most likely gonna be a sinful anxiety. Um, now, the, 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 the challenge is, we're probably not going to cleanly fit into one type, are we? There's going to probably be a little bit of a combination of all of these things going on. And so uh, just honestly, that's why it's challenging. That's why it's hard. That's why it's difficult for us uh, to work our way through it and to deal with it. But the, the helpful thing that we need to understand today is no matter which type we're experiencing, no matter what type of combination we're going through, it can get better. It can improve. And so uh, anxiety is just simply our response to stress in life. And all of us are going through stressful events in our life. We all have stress and we experience that stress. Worry begins to uh, uh, closely follow the fear, you know, fear of what's going to happen and fear of it might not turn out and fear of what if this and what if that and all of these things that haven't happened yet tend to cause the fear that leads to the anxiety um, that is in our life. And so some of you uh, have a more severe form of this. And so I'm going to you know, preach today. It's going to be encouraging, but you're going to walk away, maybe have some practical things that will help. But to further your growth and spiritual maturity, you're going to need counseling. It's just part of what, what uh, God is going to use to help you grow. For some of you, you're in a crisis right now. And so my prayer is that this would begin to kind of settle your nerves a little bit and, and, and get you locked in, right? Uh, to stand firm through this season. For some of you, it is sin. Sin's in your life. And, and my prayer is that you would see it as such and that you would repent and, and confess it to God and then move uh, away from it. Um, and then some of us just simply aren't trusting God. You know, it just kind of comes down to that. We're not, we're not trusting that God is going to take care of this situation. We're not trusting that God is going to walk with us today. And so 
Uh, I want us to I want us to pause here because usually, you know, anxiety is kind of a buzzword today. Anxiety is one of those things where it's just like, you know, we use it so flippantly and and uh, we, we think of it in terms of, of, of a negative thing. Like um, I, I hear my my teenage daughters, you know, they, they talk about this, how a lot of their friends are you know struggling with this. And, you know, it's not just being annoyed by somebody because that's sometimes how it's used. Just like, you know, you're getting annoyed by somebody and then someone says, you're giving me anxiety right now. You know, that's that's cheapening the word. Right. That's not exactly what we're talking about here. We're talking about uh, the, the fear that leads to the worry, that leads to the, the blood pressure and the, the nonstop negative thoughts that we, that we walk through. And so what I want you to see, though, is let's begin to kind of flip it here. Uh, what if the anxiety and the fear that is there, we obviously know God doesn't want it there. So, so what if we saw that as a trigger that could lead to your good? What if you recognize, okay, I'm worried today. And instead of just saying, I got to get over it, I got to stop. What if you said, okay, I'm, I'm dealing with this real thing here. It's real, it's heavy. And I, this is a heavy rock. I can't just move it, right? But what if you started to look at it as God is trying to speak to you? God's trying to tell you something. God's trying to get your attention. And what he wants to do is use this as a trigger for your good. Now, then the question is, how? How is he going to use it for our good? So let me start with some practical steps and we'll get into Matthew 6. The first thing is we want to identify our triggers. You want to identify the things that are triggering you. Like, what is it that you're actually worried about? First day of school, you know, we're a couple weeks in, you just started college, you know, there's going to be anxiety. You got to know that you're going to be triggered the first few uh, weeks or maybe month of school. Um, if you're going to play a game or, you know, you're playing sports or you're giving a presentation at work, you know, there's going to be anxiety towards that. And so you recognize what those triggers are. And this is a part of what self-leadership really begins to look like. It's, it's really challenging and difficult to, to lead someone if you're not leading yourself. And so we have to lead ourselves well. And in order to do that, we've got to know what's upsetting us, what's leading to this anxiety. Maybe it's a global pandemic. Maybe it's 8% inflation and high gas prices. Maybe it's all things political. I don't know. But whatever it is, you want to identify what those things are and then get your journal out and you just want to write it down. And it might take a page, two pages, three pages, depending on what you're going through. But you write down everything that is actually a trigger in your life. Anytime I talk about X, Y, and Z with my spouse, we know we're gonna fight. So we write it down. We know this is the button that gets pushed. This is the trigger that I'm dealing with. Uh, teenagers, maybe it's, it's fighting with your parents and, and, and you're not listening to them. Or maybe as a parent, you've got a teenager that's not acting right. So you know that's gonna put you in a bad place. That's the trigger. Uh, maybe it's your bank account. And so you're always stressed about your bank account and what's going in and how, where your money is and those kinds of things. And so anytime you think about it or, or talk about money, that's going to be a trigger to your anxiety. You write it all down and you put it on paper so that you can visually see it. These are the things that are triggering me. These are the things that are leading me to this worry. And then we want to start begin, uh, we want to begin to ask maybe a question. As I see these things on paper, is there something uh, on this list that I can begin to limit my exposure to? 
Can I limit my exposure to the energy vampire in my life that is draining me and sucking the life out of me? This is a friend or coworker or maybe even a family member and they're just draining me. Can we create some, some healthy boundaries so that doesn't draw you in and create and stir up the anxiety that might already be there? Maybe limit your exposure to them. Now, if it's your spouse, unfortunately can't limit your exposure to her. <laughs> If it's a kid, uh, you can't just get rid of them. <laughs> um, but maybe there are some other uh, situations that you can begin to limit your exposure. If it's a financial worry, you can limit your exposure to that financial concern if you reorganize your budget, if you sell something because you've overextended yourself and you might need a financial mentor to help you make some of those course corrections and we can help you with that. Let us know. These are things that you can do in order to limit your exposure to some of the things that are, that are coming at you. Limiting your exposure doesn't mean avoiding the problem. It doesn't mean you can bury your head in the sand or live in your basement or you know, close the door in your room and pretend like it doesn't exist. That's not what I mean, but perhaps there's some healthy boundaries that we need. And so we first identify the triggers that are in our life. And then secondly, what we wanna begin to do is we wanna identify your typical response. What, what is your typical response to the trigger? Uh, we talked a, a few weeks ago about how, you know, this anxiety and, uh, can lead to anger, which can lead to the explosive volcano, right? And so if you're stressed at work and you're worried about a situation at work, um, you, could, you could have a short fuse and blow up on people, right? So we don't want to do that. You know that's not good. So you, you write down that response. I, I, I'm, maybe I'm a rageaholic. Maybe I just rage on people and, and that's not healthy and that's not good. We write it down. Maybe you're the person that shuts down. And so you just wanna shut down and isolate yourself. Um, maybe this is just something that you just wanna lock yourself away and, and, um, and, and just try to pretend it's not there, but you can't run away from your responsibilities, right? We know that's not healthy uh, either. What, what is your response? You write it down, you fill up the page, whatever it is you're responding. Maybe you're a fighter. And so as a fighter, you know, you're, you're fighting people at work, you're arguing, you're fighting people at home and you're just always in a, in a fight. You're like always in a war. And it's like, bro, this is not like healthy for anybody. Like nobody wants to be around you and this is not helping you become who God wants you to be. And so we recognize how we're responding. Maybe you're the person that wants to veg out. And so if I just veg out on Netflix, if I numb myself with alcohol, vaping, smoking, whatever it is that you have chosen as your vice to numb out on, overeat, whatever it is, you know, you, your, your response is, I'm just gonna do that thing and that thing just kind of buries the emptiness that I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing. And so uh, it could be, fantasy football. It could be my kids' activities. If I keep my kids busy and I'm running them all the way around, I don't have to worry about what's going on inside of my heart. So some of us have vices. Some of us have these things. We write those triggers down. Uh, how do you typically respond to these situations? Right now, some of you are so out of touch with who you are. You're so out of touch with what you're going through and what you're experiencing. You would just say, I'm good. I just have to suck it up and I just have to keep rolling, man. That's just how I do things. I know it's there, but I suck it up. I go forward and I just got to do it. And I would say, yeah, you can't just not suck it up and move forward. That's part of life. But we would also say, what if this response is sinful? Is keeping God from blessing you or giving you the opportunities and giving you the joy and the peace that you so desire and that your family needs from you? Right? And so 
if that's at stake, then we need to change things, right? And so what do we do? We write down what our triggers are. We write our response down. And then we've got to do number three. We've got to turn to Scripture. We've got to turn to Scripture. We've got to see what it says. We've got to apply it to our life. Then we've got to read it again. And we've got to apply it again. It's like we can read it a million times and it's still not enough because we're still trying to apply it to our life, right? God is trying to speak to you about something. And anxiety is a tool that, that, that God will use. He, he doesn't want you to be fearful and worried. He's not going to cast that on you. But temptation, sin, all these things happen. Sometimes physiological things are happening that, bring, that open the door for that to come into our life. And when that's there, just like everything, God takes the bad and the negative and the sin in our life and he uses it for our good. But we've got to listen and we've got to respond accordingly. So let's look at Matthew 6. And let's see what Jesus tells us to do. In verse 24, he says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So he's in this teaching now, and the, the context of this lesson about anxiety is money. Right? And he says you can't serve God and money. You can't serve money. Right? And so then he says, therefore, I tell you. Anytime you see the word therefore, you want to know what it's there for. And it's there because he's talking about money. We all worry about money. We're tempted to worry about money and care about it too much. And so he says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or about your body, what you're going to put on. This is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. They're not gathering into barns to save up. Like they, they, they take what's given to them today, essentially. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? Is it, is it benefiting you at all to worry about it and to think about it and project all the negative things that might happen and, and be fearful of all the th negative things that could happen, that haven't happened? Is it, is it doing anything helpful to your span of life? Obviously, no. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious. Therefore, what's it there for? Because God's taking care of everything in, in creation. He's taking care of everything in creation. The order is taken care of. Therefore, don't be anxious. Saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that, that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Right? I love it. If you want to take some notes today, let anxiety be a trigger to seek God's kingdom. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. Don't seek after money. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about whatever it is you're worrying about today or anxious about. Instead, seek God first. Seek his kingdom. How do we seek his kingdom? Well, first of all, we serve other people. This is, this is so important. When we serve others, we're not thinking about ourselves. We're thinking about them. How can I serve them? How can I help them? 
And so when, when I'm serving others, I, I, I serve God by serving other people. So if you're not in a ministry at FC, get your mind off of yourself so much and start serving other people. Start going to work and start thinking about how am I going to serve my coworkers? How am I going to serve somebody, you know, when I'm going to lunch today? How am I going to serve somebody that I run into today? I'm preparing myself to serve. Why? Because when I'm serving, my mind is on other people and I'm not so inward and selfishly focused about all of my things. Secondly, we got to get outside and think. He says, consider the lilies, right? He's talking about the grass. He's talking about the birds. Now, this is the Sermon on the Mount. I've been to uh, right next to uh, the lake uh, where he was uh, preaching this. And it's, it's just this beautiful kind of hilly, almost like the hills of Tennessee, no trees, but kind of this hilly thing. I can just imagine him as he's outside, he's teaching this. He's like pointing to these flowers and he's pointing to a bird that, that flies by. And he's thinking, and he's saying, I want you to think about all the greatness of God. I want you to think about how God is taking care of our world, how we are spinning on the right axis at the right speed, at the perfect distance from the sun, that the sun is coming up and it is setting every day, that he's providing everything that the planet needs. He's providing everything that animals need. And, 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 and it's, his, it's his sovereignty that's over all of it. So what we have to do is we have to get out of the concrete box. You got to step away from the, the computer screen and the TV screen and the cell phone. And we've got to get out in nature and we've got to consider and think about the greatness of God. That's what I think he's saying here. Don't worry, because if you get outside and you think about the greatness of God, then your problems can begin to be minimized as you think about him. And your thoughts are so important, right? When you're stuck behind the computer, all you're thinking about is what I got to do and what's not going to happen. And I look at my calendar and I think about this and I've got to think about that and how it's not coming. I've got I've to I've take that thought captive and I got to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got to get myself outside, get some vitamin D. We live close to the mountains. We see them from this campus. Um, but how many of your feet have been on a trail in the last month? How, how, when's the last time you took your shoes off and walked in the creek or swam in the lake or When's the last time you, you got on a bike? When's the last time you took a run or took a walk? When's the last time you were in God's creation? This is, this is, a, this is a challenge and free pass to go sit in a deer stand. And, it, and if it's brown, it's down, right? Don't miss church, but get in the woods. Man, you're created to be in the woods. And if you're only in a cubicle, if you're only in a box with a drywall around you, and you don't get outside and you don't fish and you don't get, you know, you don't chop some wood or howl at the moon or I, I don't know, whatever it is, if you're not doing that, no wonder you're stressed, and wound up and you're a volcano. Don't tell me you can't. You have just as much time as anybody else in this world. Ladies, you're wired for relationships. And a lot of people, well, they don't call me and nobody invites me. Okay, that's a victim mentality. If you want to be a learner, if you want to embrace, if you want to you know, further yourself and grow, you need to get to some perspective in life. And the only way that you can get perspective is by talking to somebody who's been there and who's experienced that. You need some older women in your life. And you need to ask them to go to lunch. Right? I, I'm telling 
Nobody calls me to talk about Trent's feelings. I will tell you that, okay? And I will tell you this, nobody's gonna, if they do, wonderful, good for you. You're one out of a million. You know what I do and to overcome my issues? I pick up the phone, I email somebody and I say, can we do coffee? Can we do lunch? I need to pick your brain. Why? Because I need perspective. And nobody's just gonna give that to me. You have to be proactive about that. You need perspective, ladies. What you're going through is, is, is similar to what other women have gone through. And so perspective is what uh, each of us need in order to grow. And I, I think just getting outside, I think being in God's creation, I think experiencing that is, is one of the uh, points of what he's saying here. And I think we also seek the kingdom of God by being in relationships, all of us. Are you in a small group? Being in a small group gives me that venue every week to say, this is what's stressing me out. Can you pray for me? Can you give me some perspective on this? Give me some personal perspective. Give me some biblical perspective, right? I need help. And some of you are so wound up in your schedule and everything you've got to do and you pretend like you don't need help and then you're anxious and worried and defeated. Of course, it's exactly what the enemy wanted to do to you. And so we've got to take these steps to be able to um, allow the anxiety to trigger us to then think about God's kingdom. Let's go to Philippians chapter four. I love this passage. He's talking to some ladies about how they have served the church faithfully. And he says their names have been written in the book of life. So it's this idea that if you're a believer in Jesus, your name is in the book of life. You get heaven, you get Jesus. What's the worst that could happen? You could die and then go be with Jesus. So then he says, so rejoice, take joy because your name is written in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about everything, just some things, because, wait, I missed that line. Okay, let me read it together. Do not be anxious about, say it with me, anything, but in everything by prayer, and supplication. Supplication just means you're asking God to supply your needs. With prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And then watch this, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart <laughs> and your mind in Christ Jesus, right? I love it. You see, I think what he's teaching us here is, is to let anxiety be a trigger for prayer. What would that look like in your life is, as you're driving down the road and the anxious thoughts become uh, more apparent and the, the, the blood pressure starts to rise and your mind starts to go down a dark road, if you were to turn off the radio and just say, God, whew, I'm anxious, it's a trigger for me to pray, I need you. I don't know what I need. I don't know how I need it, but I need you, Holy Spirit, to step into my life right now and guard my heart and guard my mind. I need you. I don't wanna worry about this. I lay this burden down. I cast this burden upon you because you're in control. You take care of nature. Surely you're gonna take care of this. I can't do anything about it. I'm gonna do my part, but God, I need you. What would that look like? The panic attack starts to happen right? Anxiety is setting in, your heart is racing and you just take a deep breath and you say, God, I need you right here, right now. Step into my life. Guard my heart. 
guard my mind. I love what the Bible says in, John, in James chapter four, verse two. He says, you have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. I mean, it's so simple, right? Some of you don't have victory over this because you're not asking. You say, well, I asked last year and he didn't give it to me, so I just moved on. Are you kidding me? What is he, a genie in a bottle? That boom, right? I mean, come on. He obviously is doing something much uh, stronger and deeper than you, uh, than you realize, in you, than you realize. And so uh, we've got to continually ask. There's a story where Jesus tells in the Bible where this, this woman uh, goes to the judge and pleads with the judge for justice every day, night and day. And then it says that the, the judge finally says, man, this woman won't leave me alone. Let's, let's just give her, you know, her justice so that I can move on. <laughs> and Jesus is like, that's kind of what prayer should be for you. So keep asking. You have not because you ask not. What would your life look like if you asked more? Some of you are like, oh, I'm asking every day. Keep, keep going. Be steady. For some of you, your prayer life is like non-existent. It's not there. He says, you have not because you ask not. The reason why we ask God is because he is the source. He is the supplier of all of our needs. He gives us everything and in him, we have everything. So when you don't know what to do, God is my wisdom, right? When I run out of energy, God is the source of my strength. When I feel like everything is caving in and depressing me, God is the source of my happiness, when life becomes stressed out, God's the source of my peace. And when I'm irritated and when I'm about to blow up, God is my source of patience. So ask him, ask him. He's not gonna get tired of you asking. Next time you get anxious, next time the worry starts to set in, let that be a trigger for you to know, I gotta pray. I gotta stop right now. I gotta go to my room. I gotta pull over into a parking lot and pray. I got to leave this meeting. I got to step into my office and pray wherever you're at. Let it be a trigger for prayer. Philippians 4.19 says, and my God will supply some of the needs that I have. Again, I misread the scripture sometimes. Say it with me. My God will supply every need. Every need you have. He knows exactly what you need. And that need is supplied according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus, which is pretty amazing, which means that's an endless, endless amount of resources for all you need. Money, psh, emotional health, psh, future, psh, kids, psh, up. endless bounty of resources that he wants to give to you. As a father, I want to give to my kids, right? That's exactly how God is. He wants to give to you. He wants to provide for you, okay? So we let, let, it, let this anxiety trigger us for prayer. Then thirdly, let anxiety be a trigger for thankfulness, for thankfulness. The scripture said um, that we are to not only be someone that would pray in anxiety, but as we pray, he said in thanksgiving, right? So that just simply means that as we are praying, we let our requests be made known to God, but we're also thankful people. What happens when we worry is that we're only thinking about what we don't have and what the worst case scenario is and what bad thing might happen. And so we're thinking about future stuff or things that we don't have that's stressing us out. And he says, hey, when you pray, make sure there's a moment there for you to be thankful. So I got my journal back out, right? I've got my triggers. I know my responses, right? Now I'm going to start writing what I'm thankful for. God, here's a page, two pages, three pages. I'm thankful for this and I'm thankful for that. And what does that do? 
that helps my thought life move in the right direction. That allows my thought life to get to a place to where now I'm thinking about what God has done and is doing that I'm grateful for. It puts me in a position of, of, of spiritual health and spiritual growth, right? This is what he's calling us to do. So we make the list. We write it down. Again, this is helpful because we put it on paper and we can actually see it. We pray, we ask, we let this be a trigger for prayer, but then we let it be a trigger for thanksgiving. And then number four, we let anxiety be a trigger that Jesus is with us. Ooh, I'm anxious. I'm worried about this again. Okay, what that means is I need to be reminded that Jesus is with me. What's he say in that scripture? He says, the Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. What does that mean? It means that the Lord is with you. He's with you today. He is near you. He hasn't abandoned you. He's gonna walk with you through this fire. He's gonna walk through this suffering. He's gonna walk through the anxiety with you. You are not alone. You might feel alone, but that's a lie from Satan. Satan says you're alone and you should be afraid and nobody cares. That is not true. Foothills Church cares, Jesus cares, he's with you. And so we're reminded of such, right? Now we can walk with him. Uh, the Lord is at hand also can mean that the Lord could return at any minute. So in Paul's mind, he thought Jesus could come back. And so it, it could be in his lifetime, his response was like, look, the Lord is at hand. In other words, he's near, but he could, he could be really near really soon. So be ready, right? And so that, that's kind of his mindset. That's why I'm excited in two weeks when we start this series talking about the rapture and the millennium and heaven and all the antichrist stuff, all that stuff that we all have questions about, super exciting, which causes anxiety in us. And so we'll be returning to this sermon afterwards. <laughs> Just kidding. It's not going to, well, maybe a little. <laughs> we'll be reminded. So we're, we are reminded then that we that he is with us, that he is near us. And as we pray, we're reminded about the Lord's prayer, right? The model prayer. Jesus says, give us this day our what? Daily bread. He doesn't say, give us this day, the next 10 years of resources so that I won't worry about money. <laughs> if he gave you the next 10 years of salary, would you ever think to pray to him for the next few years? Like you would be good, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't do it. That's why he doesn't give us what you need for next week. That's why he doesn't give you what you need next month. Sometimes we pray and we think, God, I need this. I need it right now. And he's like, no, I got you. I got you today. It's your daily need. It's your daily bread, not what you need next week or next year. And so he says, just slow down. Think about today. Tomorrow has enough worry of itself. Think about today and know that I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to prepare and give you what you need exactly today. And he wants us to depend, to depend on him for that. Uh, finally, I want to turn to 1 Peter 5. We'll close uh, with this. 1 Peter 5 says, humble yourselves. And by the way, when you pray, that is you humbling yourself. That is you saying, I need you, God. So he says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he will exalt you. The proper, when's the proper time? I want the proper time Today, Jesus, thank you very much. Well, he's not done with dealing with Trent. So he's going to do it at the proper time, right? And I can't wait for that. I'm excited about the proper time when that shows up. But right now he is, he is working on me, right? He's working on you as well. 
at the proper time, he's going to raise you up. In, in, in verse 7, as we're waiting, we're casting all our anxiety on him. We cast it on him. God, you know I'm worried about this. I give it to you, God. As I pray, I'm giving it to him. I can't worry about it anymore, God. I give it to you. I give it to you. Why? Because I'm trusting you. Trusting you with that. So we cast it on him. This is your, this is your responsibility. God, you, you're the one. I can't. That's me casting. You, you'll do it. I know you will. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. He cares for you. So be sober-minded. Be watchful. Why? Because the enemy, the adversary, he's the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour, to kill. Resist him. Resist the thought that you're all alone. Resist the fear that Satan wants to plant in your heart. Resist the worry and anxiety about the future that, that hasn't even happened yet. Resist, right? Be firm in your faith. How are we firm in our faith? We're trusting God that he's going to take care of the future, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood all throughout the world. You're not the first person to struggle with this. You won't be the last. You look around the room today, many people right now, this is a brotherhood and sisterhood that is struggling in many ways with, with learning how to cast anxiety onto the Lord, right? You're not alone. Talk to somebody, get some perspective, right? He goes on to say, and after you have suffered a little while, <laughs> I wish that wasn't in the Bible. Do you ever read a verse and go, God, that one just really, that one ticks me off. I don't want to suffer. I went into ministry so that I wouldn't suffer. Oh, big mistake. <laughs> after all, after, and after you have suffered a little while, let's take a deep breath, a little while. It's not forever. It's a season. It is a season. You're going to come through it, right? At the proper time, in his timing, after you've suffered for a little while, it's not always going to feel like this. The God, all grace who's called you to eternal glory, right? So this, is, this isn't just about today. This isn't just about, you know, 2022. This is about 2023 and 24 and 25 and eternity. This isn't just about what you're worried about today. You, you're worried about something today. He's like, no, 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 no. I need to just zoom out and get some perspective. You ever take a photo and zoom in, you know, and what somebody has in their hand, like, what is, he, what is he holding there? But then you zoom out and it's like, oh, he's on Mount Everest. Wow, look at that view. You've got to zoom out and from God's perspective, let the scripture speak to us because he says, he, he's, 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 he's telling us that he's called you for an eternal purpose. And he's going to call us to that with himself. He will himself restore you, confirm you, strengthen you, establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. He's going to restore you, confirm you, strengthen and establish you. He's going he's to restore you and confirm you and strengthen you and establish you. After you've suffered a little while, after you've casted that anxiety onto him and you've said, oh God, this anxiety has triggered me to trust you. Oh, I trust you now. 
I was leaning on my own understanding, but now I trust you now. Now I have a, a peace that transcends all understanding because I, I trust you in this situation. I'm not trusting my money and I'm not trusting my wisdom and I'm not trusting other people to fix it. I'm trusting on you. And I, and I, and I lay that down to him and I, I resist the enemy and I stand firm in my faith and I battle the enemy and the negative thoughts about it's not going to work out and the future is this. And I say, no, I resist that. I'm going to get outside and put my feet in a creek and I'm going to look at God's creation and know that he's got it. He's got it. And I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to trust him. And every day I'm going to lay this down before him. Verse four, in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus when you pray. When you lay this down, what he begins to do is he gives you the peace that doesn't make sense. You ever seen somebody going through something just tragic and terrible and they're not just like falling apart and you're like, man, how in the world are you not a basket case right now? I would be freaking out. I don't know. I got peace that just doesn't make sense. God's with me. When you pray, God guards your thoughts. He guards your heart. He, he guards your mind from the, 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 the devil who wants, to, who wants to cast the lies and the doubt and the fear to tragic levels. He says, no, when I pray, when you, when you lay this down before God, when you trust him, he will guard your thoughts. He will guard your heart. He will guard your mind. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what the worry is about, but I do know this isn't an easy step of faith. This isn't an easy thing to do. It is a battle. But there is a real enemy that wants to steal your joy. But when we lay this down before him and we, when we give Christ our heart and when we continually do this, I, I, I'm, I'm like, God, I don't know how you're going to figure it out. I can't see what it's going to look like, but my hope is in you. I can't do it on my own. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I know you're with me. I know you love me. And when I am anxious, I will let it trigger me to prayer. I will let it trigger me to, to get outside and think about the greatness and, 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 and big, uh, amazing love, grace, and mercy that you have shown the world and that you are showing to me. I'm gonna be thankful in every season. And when I'm thankful, my mind looks and sees the great things that you are doing. And at the end of the day, I'm gonna walk with you and I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna trust you. And today, some of you need to lay down some burdens. You've got to lay some burdens down. And we're going to invite you to do that. I'm going to ask you to do something I usually, we, we usually don't. But I'm going to ask you to come forward today and just here at the front, kneel or stand, whatever, and cast all anxiety on to Jesus because he cares for you. We're going to, we're going to end everything. We're we're, by prayer and supplication, we're going to offer our requests to God. And whatever you are needing, whatever, whatever you're hoping for, whatever you're trusting God for, we're going to take a step in the right direction today. And we're going to lay it down before him. And I want to encourage you to do that. And so would you guys just stand? And as we stand, 
want to encourage you to go ahead and make your way forward. I'm going to pray prayer blessing over you as you pray. And then we're going to close with a song, which is a prayer of blessing over you as well. And so let's just move forward. If we'll just wait for those to make their way. I know there's more people than this. Come on, don't, don't let pride get in the way of missing God's blessing on your life. It's time to lay it down. It's time to lay it down. Knoxville folks, it's time to walk. It's time to lay it down. Let's move. Let's move. You can kneel at a chair. You can kneel at the front. You can stand. I love when the Bible says, says that in prayer, men will lift up holy hands, right? As we pray, um, maybe as a sign of surrender, maybe as a sign of desperation even, we ask God for that. So maybe we might even lift our hands up today. But as we do, let's pray. You pray. I'll pray over you. Lord Jesus, heavy hearts all over the room. God, we lift up hands to you asking for your blessing. We need you now. We need you. God, our hearts are heavy. In so many ways, we're lost. In so many ways, God, we are empty. In so many ways, there are people here at the end of their rope. Lord, would you restore and renew? Would you break chains? God, would you break strongholds? May the power and blessing of God fill our hearts today with hope and with love and with grace. In order to trust you, God, we need you to give us faith. Give us faith today. Give us hope today. Give us hope that you are right beside us and with us. Give us hope today that that you are taking care of this situation. Give us hope today that as we lay it down before you, God, and we, we cast our anxiety upon you, that you are filling us that you will minister to us, that you are going before us in power and grace and love to accomplish your purpose. Let us not fight you. Let us walk with you. Let us be humble with you. For at the proper time, God, you will restore. You will exalt us. So Lord, we lay it down. We give it to you. We cast our anxiety upon you. Would you continue to pray and cast it upon him? Would you lay it down? Would you give it to him all over the room? Let's give it, give it to him, lay it down. Receive it now, receive, receive the answers to our prayers, God. We speak the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for watching this video. We'd love for you to like the video and leave a comment. And we also encourage you to subscribe and click the bell so you never miss a post from Foothills Church. To learn more about FC, just head to our website by going to foothillschurch.com or by clicking the link in the description below.